Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 132. I don't want. <laughs> I thought it would be funny to sing that song, but now I just can't <laughs> bring myself to do it. Maybe Go ahead, we'll, Sam. Maybe we'll just put the lyrics in the show notes. I no, 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 no. <laughs> you gotta sing the song. I didn't. I think it really. I think it really think. needs to be half. Should be an animoji karaoke, but oh, <laughs> oh, that would be funny, but only good for like a day or two. <laughs> There's a sweet animoji karaoke studio app out there now. <laughs> Is it really? Is it? It's so it's a it's a GitHub project that somebody created because it uses the private framework for the animojis. Oh. Um, but you can you can install it to your phone, and if you have Spotify, you can like select a specific song. And it'll like record it just to the song and all this stuff. It's so, pretty fun. It's like if I searched on Animoji GitHub or something, would I find that? I think it's like Animoji Studio. I think it's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some others as well. There's a Animoki as well. Yeah, yeah a there's a few out there. <laughs> that's hilarious. So you just lip sync along and sing. That's pretty cool. They even have like live streaming. Like the Animoji Studio one, you can live stream to Periscope or, or YouTube or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So for our listeners, what we're talking about is a nice little high Sierra bug. And we were going to uh, karaoke with fake or made up lyrics to the Afro Man song with that, Sam uh, was going to, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys wouldn't back me up, so I'm kind of out of it. I'm just, I need, I need the support of my fellow peers here. I'm just not getting it. So. I only, I only do things when I can do them high quality, and I don't think I could have done that high quality. So, <laughs> so is that a pun or? <laughs> it was not. <laughs> That's yeah. unintended. All right. Well, anyway, high Sierra is pretty high. Because you can log in as an admin without as root. much effort. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can log in as root and create an admin account and do whatever you want. All it takes yeah, root's is better than admin. That's it's pretty yeah. pretty rough. All it takes is somebody to leave their machine unlocked and they, you uh, go up to that thing and within five minutes you can have some really nice access to it. Well, they don't See, even normally, have to leave it unlocked, do they? <laughs> Um, if you have, if you have a, I think VNC screen sharing enabled, you don't have to even have it unlocked. Oh my! They can execute it remotely, from what I saw. But wow. I, I've worked with Sam before in the same building, and <laughs> I've been he he's gotten me a couple times. So if if I were Sam now and someone left their their computer open, I would totally just like go and create this separate admin account for me, so I could like <laughs> surprise them later. <laughs> Wouldn't do anything right away. <laughs> he's on a enterprise managed machine, so he's not on oh, high sure Sierra yet. I'm sure it still has a vulnerability. Doesn't well, it? It's pre it predates high Sierra. Oh, his machine's not. My current machine for the client I'm working for. Yeah, it's gotcha. only on it's on sober Sierra. My Hackintosh is only on Sierra as well because I've tried a couple times update and I got stuck, so I just went back to regular old Sierra. So I'm I'm not vulnerable either. <laughs> yeah, you got a laptop, right? It's running high Sierra. 
Yeah, true. That is, um, you remember that, that, uh, cert, what was it, the SSL certificate vi- verification bug where it was like it had the uh, curly braces in the if statement improperly? Uh, was that Heartbleed or was that something else? I think this was something else because Heartbleed was all about like sending a whole bunch of data back and, and like corrupting buffers and things like that. This was more. Oh, that was a, that was go to fail. That's what we call yes, it, right? The go to fail, right? And it was because the uh, if condition didn't have proper bracing around it. They were relying on. I think probably like somebody had a if statement with a one line below it. And then somebody added another line below that, thinking it would still be part of it because it was indented with it, but they didn't have bracing. Yeah, there's all. a there's actually a song about it by James Dempsey and the Breakpoints. <laughs> I, we can put a link to it in the show notes if Sam remembers. <laughs> Are you gonna make me look it up? Nope, I'll I'll give it to you. Okay. So yeah, I I I really think maybe this is some kind of issue that's like that. Yeah. I would hope that Apple would publish some kind of retrospective on this because this is, it's a pretty big security hole. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the spin. I'm sure we're holding it wrong or something. You're supposed to put something in that password field and it's, I imagine by the time this episode is out that, uh, it'll have been patched or it it better be patched by then. If not, then you need to go and change your root password. If you're on high Sierra, just go pseudo P A S S W D root. And then that'll let you, it'll prompt you for your password and then you can change your password right there. But hopefully you won't have to, because there'll be an update by then. Yeah. So I thought that the new OS tens were running in a rootless mode, but there is still a root user or am I just totally mistaken about that? And, it's really some other operating system like Ubuntu. Does that sound familiar to you guys at all? I don't think it was rootless. I think uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't log in as root. Yeah, I'm not sure what the exact details are. I know they've every year they add a little bit more to the system integrity protection, and I think this year they like locked down a whole bunch of even kernel extensions that weren't before. Like they're required to be signed in all this stuff. Cause I, I run across all this stuff when I'm trying to update my Hackintosh and things don't work. <laughs> but rootless was like a. Okay. I'm looking rootless, it up. There was a thing called rootless that was from a couple years ago, but I think they've, they've moved beyond that. They have some whole different security paradigm now for how they do things. Okay. So it's, it's more about, uh, there's still a root account and it's really more about the system integrity protection stuff. So it's not truly like a rootless. It's more of a marketing term in a way, but it does restrict root from doing certain things like modifying slash system and slash bin and and whatnot. But that's as long as the system integrity protection is turned on, which I've had the pleasure of working under some corporate Mac images that have to turn that off. So it's a, it's dangerous, but I don't know why they do it other than, you know, Mac support not always being a first class citizen in, in certain organizations. But yeah, so this is, um, this is not one of those, uh, ultra head high moments for Mac OS and Apple, I would say. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely gives the, win- the Windows, uh, trolls some ammunition. So we were going to do this as our, 
our Christmas list episode. And I think we should still do that. You guys on board with that? Sure. Sounds okay. good. Yeah, so change your root password because there's probably not going to be a fix for that until after this podcast ships at, at least. Yeah, because it's got to get through Apple quality checking and everything first. So, all right, Argo, you're up on you're up first on the the list here. All right. So just to be clear, we we have always been kind of vague on what this is, but these are kind of things that we want. Um, for me, I'm gonna, my first thing is going to be something that I, that's similar to something I just got for my birthday. I got a, a 3D printer. It was a Lulzbot Taz 6. So it's a really big 3D printer and it's bigger than I thought it was going to be. So it's moved to my basement. Um, so knowing what I know now, I probably would have asked for a Lulzbot Taz Mini, which is like half the price. Um, it's only a thousand dollars. So, but it's a cool, it's a open source. Uh, everything's open. Like you can, you get an SD card with all the parts for the 3D printer. When you get the 3D printer and you can print off replacement parts as your first thing. Um, but I, I just got this 3D printer and I've been having a, a good time just printing off random things made out of plastic. Uh, but yeah, 3D printers are really fun and cool if you want to tinker and. The Lulzbot ones are pretty good. Get a Taz Mini if you want one with a smaller footprint. Or if you want to go big, then get the Taz 6. It should be on sale for the holidays for only $2,000. It's like 500 bucks off. So check those out. They're pretty cool. Yeah. So now are you ventilating your basement while you're printing this stuff? Or are you just getting high? Well, I'm right now I'm just printing PLA. Um which yeah, so is that's not so bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. Um, but I do have it on my agenda to look into maybe getting an enclosure and figuring out a good way to vent it if I wanted to do um, like ABS or some of the things that require higher temperatures to print and also uh, give off more toxic fumes. But I, yeah, right now I'm not. <laughs> All right. I know, I know we talked about this in the past and that was uh, one of your concerns. So, yeah, yeah I, I, it's fine. It was in my office for a couple of days, but it did not make enough sense. There wasn't enough room. So I, well, first I moved it to the, uh, to the kitchen counter oh, and I had thought... stuff printing all day and that did not last very long. No. <laughs> my wife gave up a table or, uh, her, her desk for her office <laughs> to use to put it on down in the basement. Um, partially I think cause she wanted a new desk, but also because it's, I mean, it's loud when it's out in like the middle of your house. So, but now it's in the basement and I've got my little, uh, raspberry pie with a camera that's monitoring it. So it doesn't make any noise and I can see how it's printing and all this stuff. So it's fun. That's cool. So your, your pie has a camera hooked up to it and you're running some kind of like remote security cam software. Well, so there's actually, uh, the, the Raspberry Pi is what's controlling the 3D printer. There's a there's a Linux distribution called Oct or maybe it's just a Linux app called OctoPrint, and there's a Raspberry Pi distribution called OctoPi, and it has support built in for like the Raspberry Pi camera. So if you have a camera on, it just pops in a, another piece to its interface. It lets you monitor your prints as they're going on. Yeah. So it's a fun little fun little project I've been doing the past week or so. Yeah, that does sound fun. All right, Alex, how about you? 
So uh, one of the things that I have on my wish list is uh, a new Nest outdoor camera. Uh, it's 4K uh, with night vision and, and such. I, I've tended to shy away from the Internet of Things devices, but I, the Nest seems to be fairly uh, well done and and it should be reasonably secure outside of just the general Google uh, relationship and, and data mining. <laughs> so this is an outdoor camera with yeah. infrared. I, I don't know if it's infrared, but it it has night vision. I, I'm not quite sure. It it can also do like face recognition and, and a few other things. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit pricey, but it it's one of the nicer outdoor security cameras that uh, isn't just a plain old IP camera. Yeah, I um I got a Nest thermostat back in April for Earth Day. And then now once a month, Nest will send, sends out an a, a email newsletter and you can uh, go to their website and see these different uh, Nest Cam videos that people have uploaded. And some of them are pretty, pretty hilarious. These things that go on while the people aren't home. Yeah. Oh, we've got a, a pretty big blind spot to our driveway. So it's, you know, we can't really see, you know, if somebody's here or not and, or if the dog's outside. Uh, it'd be nice to be able to keep an eye on the dogs. And we have quite a bit of wildlife in our backyard too. So, uh, the coyotes have been back recently, <laughs> but we have turkeys and coyotes and, uh, deer and all sorts of things. Yeah. So I've just as a side note, I had, I think more things than Sam, Sam and Alex did. So I also had, a I I have the ring cameras, uh, for my house. I've got like the doorbell camera and a couple of the ones, around the outside of your house and they're, they're fun little cameras and they announce a security system. Now I, I was looking into getting that or asking for that for Christmas, but it looks like ADT who I currently have for my security system uh, is in the process of suing them uh, over this new security system and they canceled the pre-orders of it, but they said as soon as the lawsuit was on, they'll be back on sale. So <laughs> oh. fun little side thing that's going on. Fun little world of patents. Yeah. Uh, also, yep. probably, you know, pushing around a smaller player, you know, rings a fairly new entry. Yeah. They're not like uh, Nest that has Alphabet by behind them. Yeah, exactly. It's harder to sue yeah. them. Do you think this is a, a case of patent trolling or actual legitimate infringing? ADT's they say been around a while. ADT says that there was some IP theft by a startup that um, is now defunct that Ring invested in and then acquired the whatever was left um, of them and are using that for their product. So we'll see. I mean, hmm. this this happened with Oculus, too. Uh, they worked with a company, Zenimax, I think it was, that went defunct and they didn't want to spend time on VR because they thought it was a waste of time. And then Oculus, you know, got bought for $2 billion by Facebook. Bethesda bought Zenimax and successfully sued Facebook, who now owns Oculus, for a bunch of money. So this kind of stuff happens, and I'm sure it'll get resolved one way or the other. Yeah, it's annoying in the meantime. Yeah, for sure. Worst case scenario, I guess Ringo's bankrupt, and I have a bunch of DOA cameras. <laughs> right. That's one thing that does worry me about the, the whole IoT things. Yeah. Yeah. Just the the fact that a lot of these are are startups, Kickstarter type of projects. You know, this is 
probably their first manufacturing adventure and uh you know things like security may not not be something they're as familiar with so i, I get kind of nervous about that personally but not to not to sound like a paranoid uh conspiracy theorist but no you're just paranoid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the things i wonder about like okay so if you bought a first generation nest thermostat how long is that going to be good for is it going to be good for five years 10 years 15 if my mom still has this thermostat from when i was a kid hanging on her wall it's old it's like a mercury based thing but it it works yeah is the is the nest thermostat gonna to work for for uh 40 years no yeah so. yeah there's there's been cases of other companies where they have already you know failed or whatever and a lot of them like try to do like some final update to make it functional but without a bunch of the old functions that it had or something but right yeah, yeah. it's something to, to watch out for and you're being an early adopter you get burned normally on this stuff so i'm sure i'll get burned on some stuff yeah that, you know i already have a upgrade cycle for my computers and now my phones and i really want to get stuck in some kind of upgrade cycle for a doorbell and a thermostat and whatever else I feel like there was like a bad software update on the Nest or, or one of those types of devices that caused that caused issues. Yeah, it seems possible. I mean, one thing that you can try to do is if there's standards available, go for that type of stuff rather than the proprietary stuff. Like I got a bunch of light switches that are Z-Wave, and that's like an open standard that lots of the hubs support. So I'm not super worried about my light switches getting out of date. My hub connects to it may that company may die but i could just get a different one at that point but yeah it's it's an annoying thing to watch out for with all this iot stuff let's see what's on your list sam well yeah uh, i guess speaking of iot and things like that um this weekend before thanksgiving weekend i went to the ohio DevFest conference and i signed up for one of the code labs and that during this code lab we kind of created a Google Home device. Uh, it's not voice activated. You have to actually push a button, but it's pretty little nice device. It's, it's a Raspberry Pi running some of these uh, AIY kit things. And it's got a, a button, a microphone, and a speaker. And it's a Raspberry Pi hooked up to that stuff. And, and you load up software on, a, on an SD card, and then you can ADB into this thing and program it like a little Android device. And, uh, they have all kinds of other little kits for that too, and so I was thinking about getting some of these AIY kits, some of these other ones, because there's a whole bunch of these kits, and they have these little um, booklets that are you know, probably about forty, fifty pages of instructions on how to make these cool little devices, and uh, they run the Android Things operating system, which is still kind of a, in beta or maybe even late alpha at this point. But it's a it's a nice little DIY hacker project that you don't have to do any soldering or get too too fancy with. Sounds fun. So what does AIY stand for? Uh, assemble it yourself. Assemble. Okay, I couldn't figure out the I or the yeah. A. Yeah, it's not really a, a do it yourself. It's just kind of slap it together yourself. Literally, this uh, the case that this comes with is a a cardboard cube. Can you can you make one with a functionality that the Google Home Minis that 
people who pre-ordered Pixels, I think it was, got where it always was listening to you and they had to disable the button on it. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because I haven't had enough time to play with this thing at, at home. Um, it has a hard-coded IP address in this in it because that was the way that they were running the, the lab. And I haven't uh, been able to successfully boot it off of that network since. But it's it's just a matter of time. Being out on vacation and everything, traveling yeah. last week kind of hasn't left me with a lot of time to play around with this stuff. Sounds like a fun fun thing to tinker with, though. Yeah, I really want to try to get my older, youngest son interested in it. He's a he's much more into the Google universe than than the rest of us. I've offered him iPads and iPhones to use, and he's like, no, I'll stick with my Android phones. Next up on the list, I guess, Argo, it's your turn. Um, So another thing on my list is a uh, DJI Spark. I think it's been out for a while, but it's uh, it's kind of a smaller version uh, of DJI's drones. And coincidentally, it's like a couple ounces under the whatever the limit is. But if a drone weighs more than it, you require a drone license from the FAA. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but it, it's a it's a cool little drone. Uh, it's got all those fancy features like it can watch you and track an object or like do a circle around an object or do all those zooming shots, all those cool shots that you see uh, people do with drones. So it's, it's for only you, like for your extreme ahead. sports, right? Yeah. For all the extreme sports I do. Um <laughs> Extreme coding. Yeah. Extreme Wait, don't you want to Nintendo see like a, a shot of me like sitting on my back porch with a laptop and it like zooms out and then circles around me? That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, like the bullet time in the Matrix, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then, you, then I can use that hacker typer website that like makes it look like I'm typing really fast code. <laughs> you just pound on the keyboard. Um, but it's a, it's a cool little drone. Um it's one of the better ones out there now. Uh, and you don't have to get your FAA license. So <laughs> <laughs> if you want to fly stuff, then check out one of those. What about you, Sam? What's your next thing? Well, for me, uh, keeping in the vein of the Raspberry Pi stuff, I, f I feel like I really need to just get together a Raspberry Pi emulator. It's something and put it in a nice little portable case so I can take it to little parties or, or just even on the road. Um, Wait, wait! You're gonna you're gonna make well, a Raspberry Pi emulator and go to a party and be like, "Hey guys, let's hook this little mini computer up to your TV." <laughs> let, let's play some uh, drunken Tetris or something. Interesting. I want to go to those parties. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of what? fun times playing uh, drunken video games in college. Yeah, we'll have to uh, link to an article that that uh, you were telling me about Raspberry Pi emulators when I got my SNES classic that Yano uh, posted in our Slack chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll see if we can find that one, put that in the show notes. Or just come to our our uh, shared come instance hang out Slack. In the, in the Slack and we'll I'm sure it's still stuff. in the history. Yeah. I don't, I like the, the pie. It's fun. and I know the emulation experience isn't perfect, but... Oh, no, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be a, a party party pooper. Um, but yeah, raspberry Pis are cool and they, they can do all sorts of stuff. If anything, just get yourself a raspberry Pi three and you'll find something 
cool that you can do with it. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not going to run a heavy database server or anything like that, but you can do some light web serving. And- yeah, I got a $30 computer that can hook up to a 3D printer and print stuff and give you a live web feed of it, web feed of it. And also it creates like a time lapse video of all of your prints. Hmm. So that's a, that's a whole bunch of stuff for like a cheap little, you know, $30 computer. Yeah. Uh, and it's, there's not just raspberry Pis out there that do this stuff. There's all kinds of competitors to the pie. Some better, some maybe not quite as good, but. They're... Well, a lot of them they're, they're have different specific uses and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I think Intel makes one that um, is definitely more geared towards just being a full-on machine for you to tinker with, but in a very small form factor. And I'm not talking about the Nux, that's totally different. Gotcha. It's more of a, a Raspberry Pi class thing, but has a little yeah. bit more horsepower to it. Hmm. Uh, might even run Android, the Android OS. I think on the Raspberry Pi 3 you can run Android, but it it's a bit laggy because it's not quite powerful enough. But you can hook touch screens up to these things and do all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, Alex, you get the distinction of being last on our list here. All right. So the last thing on my list, it's probably more of a, if I had more money than, than I needed um, kind of item, but I've been looking at the external GPU options now that Mac officially supports uh, the eGPU uh, on High Sierra, and Apple's got a developer kit uh, with uh, a Sonnet eGPU with a Radeon RX 580 card, yeah, for for reasonably good price. Uh, but there's also other uh, eGPUs out there, and the benefit is you get the you can have a fairly lightweight portable laptop. So yeah. Um, the external GPU gives you a little bit more horsepower for gaming uh, while still allowing you to have a fairly portable, lightweight uh, laptop. Um, I did just get a new laptop for work that happens to have the RX 580 built in, so I probably don't need an eGPU uh, for that machine, but it's, it's an interesting idea, uh, especially now that laptops aren't as upgradable as they used to be. So you got a, a MacBook that's got the RX 580 built into it? Yeah, I think the higher-end MacBook Pro does. And double-check that, but I think that's right. Well, it's if it does, it's probably the mobile version. Yes. And a lot of times they brand them the same as whatever the desktop version is, but they are, they are, they're still way less powerful. So They're un- underclocked. Yeah, they're underclocked, and they have like fewer shader cores and stuff like that so it went well it may be the same in name the the desktop version is most definitely more powerful um so has apple released the like their egpu case since that came with a bundled thing you can order that now it's not an apple case it's a third-party case that um that you can buy through apple as a kind of a promo Um, you can actually receive it now they're shipping or is that still are they still to come? I suspect you could get it now because you could buy it direct or through Amazon uh, to get the same thing. It's the Sonnet developer kit that comes with the card, a uh packaged with it. So it's cheaper than buying the the uh, casing 
uh, the housing and the card separately. So the bundle is cheaper overall. Um, so I don't know why they wouldn't be shipping already. I, I do like the idea of being able to do VR on my Mac and even better if I don't have to boot in the windows to do it. They announced those at DubDub and you were able to order them back then. So yeah, I don't know when they started shipping. Uh, it didn't say pre-order. It still says order or it says order now. Uh, and like I said, you can buy them uh, through other channels. Well, if you right want to now. test it out, I can give you my address when we get off the air here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at an article from DubDub, and it says planned for spring 2018 is when official support of Thunderbolt 3 eGPUs. Yeah, uh, it is dependent on High Sierra. So that's, you know, that now that High Sierra has shipped as well, they are officially supported. So... Yeah, I do believe they're shipping now. Hmm. I wonder what the spring 2018 thing for. Maybe yeah. maybe those are Thunderbolt 2 eGPUs, potentially? Because I think um, before they didn't have any eGPU support at all. There are Thunderbolt. It says Thunderbolt 3 on it. And, you know, go to the Sonnets website and you can find the same bundle. The only difference about the Apple bundle versus buying it from Sonnet or somewhere else is uh, Apple bundles it with a USB-C, the USB-A Belkin uh, hub. I, I don't, I I could see if you're like trying to plug in like a Oculus Rift sensors or something like that. Maybe maybe Vive has a, has a number of uh, USB-A sensors that you need as well. Uh, one downside to the no, bundle, <laughs> the, the bundle, um, the power supply on the, eGPU bundle is can only power a uh, do a 60 watt power uh, supply to the machine. So um, you can have the same USB-C cable Thunderbolt 3 both powering the machine and uh, for the eGPU. Um, so if you want to just have one cable plugged into your Mac, you need to get the bigger one with the the larger power supply that can do the 87 watt. Uh, I, yeah, it looks like they're definitely in stock. Uh, real quick, your your question about the the Vive. It doesn't need any extra. Doesn't need any USBs for the cameras like the the Rift does, which is unfortunate for the Rift. You only need one USB port for a for a Vive, which is nice. That's why I think that's probably why Apple is officially supporting that one. Yeah. Are you gonna say something, Sam? Yeah, I was gonna say uh, I have the the OWC Thunderbolt three dock. And that only does 60 watts, but for the most part, if you're not taxing out your machine constantly, it doesn't uh, deplete the battery at all. Yeah, I don't. At the end of an eight-hour day, I still have 100% battery if I've been working on it. Uh, I imagine if I was gaming for eight hours that, or using VR for eight hours, that would be a different story. That 60 watts just wouldn't be able to keep up. But you know, most of the time. You're not running your CPU at full speed, and so that the 60 watts does keep up, even though as a, as like a techie, you think, oh, that 60 is not just the, the main power supply is 80, and this thing only gives me 60, so it's really not uh, sufficient. But it, for the most part, it really is. You know, don't let it hold you back from buying the smaller one that you're talking about that comes from Apple. Yeah. I think, you know, since those the newer Macs have multiple USB-C ports, it's not 
that big of a deal either. Uh, but if you're getting, if it's uh, another, uh, another company's laptop that only has one USB-C, then I could see it being a little bit more of an issue. Yeah. Well, and the, the MacBook itself only has the one USB-C port, which is not Thunderbolt, so I don't think this would be oh, yeah. Yeah, then it wouldn't. with it. So. Or if it is, yeah, it's not Thunderbolt, is it? It doesn't have a Thunderbolt port? They updated it not too long ago. I don't know if that's, if it is or not. Okay. Well, either way, at most, it's probably a Thunderbolt 2 on the in the USB form factor. But yeah, this in this case, it's really not going to apply. So um, it doesn't say Thunderbolt. It's a first-gen USB 3.1, uh, so it only goes up to uh, 5 gigabits per second uh, versus, what is it, 40 for Thunderbolt 3? Somewhere in that neighborhood. So it, it, it's less throughput. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think this would be a, the 60 watt would be a, a problem. And maybe if you're going to play some heavy VR game for a couple hours and then you want to go take your laptop to the coffee shop, well, you'll yeah. probably have to bring your power supply with you. And you're charging your phone and, <laughs> and other things. True. Yeah. Probably depends on how much you're daisy chaining devices. Yeah. Well, I, I only plugged stuff into the, the, the Thunderbolt dock. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got the external monitor that has USB three ports on it. Right. And then I hooked that up to a, a small dock that I got. Um, I think it's Tachi or something like that. Had pretty good reviews so far. I've been happy with it. I I'm actually like, this is kind of a, a different perspective than you probably hear from most developers, but I actually like the USB-C only ports kind of like this new world of everything's USB-C. And I see that that dock as a, as a bandaid until more hardware supports it. So right now, all I have to do is plug in one thing into my laptop. And I think that's pretty nice. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I'm, I'm waiting to upgrade until more of that stuff's available. I mean, it, yeah, it would be awesome if that stuff was there. And I actually like the touch bar as well, but only the touch ID part of it. Like with one password, <laughs> it's it's a godsend because my I think my pa- master password's like fifty characters or something like that. I, I'm not even sure how long it is, but it's 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 a lengthy one. So I so do. when the Face ID laptops come out, they can get rid of the touch bar, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I seems like the next logical step, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think all they need is that secure element for the secure enclave. Um, so your, your, uh, login secure, but, and they can do Apple pay and all that, but yeah, face ID is probably right around the corner and they could do that with a iMac, you know, it wouldn't have to be baked into a keyboard. Yeah. The iMac seems like a pretty good place to start that. I could see an iMac Pro, maybe. Yeah. I noticed nobody had that on their uh, Christmas list this year. Yeah, nothing from Apple at all on our wish list, which yeah. is kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was, uh, I was it's also thinking about cliche. pointing that out, but yeah. Yeah, it, the thought crossed my mind, too. But yeah, okay, it's like, oh, yeah, I want a new pair of earbuds, or I want another 4K Apple TV. Yeah, yeah maybe we sure. bought all the Apple things that we want at this point. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure I've said this last year, but 
in years past, but this is not the best time to buy the latest, greatest hardware. Like that usually comes out around the time of CES or um, one of the gaming. Uh, uh, I can't even remember the, the name of the big gaming ones, but okay. the E3. E3, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Um, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yeah, and then back to school and, or, you know, around kids' graduation time and back to school. Like the, the main reason to buy hardware at this time of year, in my opinion, like Apple hardware and such, is you can get Black Friday deals. That's probably the biggest uh, motivation in my mind to buy the, the Apple hardware. Right, and you're you're basically getting things that are on clearance for Black Friday sales. Yeah, yeah. I think I got an iPad last year on a Black Friday sale, not through Apple, but through another retailer. So, cause, you know, I had kind of multiple discounts and coupons or whatever that added up and ended up being a good price. So I think I got a older Apple Watch last year as a gift and saved, I think, over two hundred dollars on it. Yeah, and. Yeah, that that tech is still good. Yeah, it's, it's not the newest and greatest, but it's still good, and pricing's much better in a lot of cases. Yep. The only thing I would say is, and I think most of the people listening to our podcast know this already, but when you buy Apple's low end, you're just you're not gonna like it for very long. Like those people that were up until a couple of years ago buying the first gen Mac or iPad Minis, that was yeah, it was running a same chip as the iPhone 4S. And the iPad 2? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And those things were cheap, but they they quickly got iOS updates that crippled them. So or if they stopped getting iOS updates. <laughs> well, yeah, that's happened too. But I think Apple tried really hard to keep adding iOS updates for them for as long as they could. The the iPad too. They they certainly did because of the that was so many one, bought them. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. one of their biggest sellers, especially in education. Right, and so yeah, buying at Apple's low end is not really a good idea. But that's <laughs> conversely probably buying at their high end is not the best idea either if you're worried about cost. Well, on all these positive notes, yeah, I think that's about all the time we have left this week. Yeah, I gotta um, go uh, get some root access here. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you guys tell us where we can find you on the internet? You can find me at AJ Robinson on Twitter. And you can find me at Sam Quarter. I'm at Alex Argo, and you can find the podcast at Shared Inst. Come join us in our Slack at by getting an invite at chat.sharedinstance.com and tell us about all the goodies you want um, or complain about your stuff, and we'll talk to you guys soon.